We don't talk about boot Joe. <laughs> what did you say? I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Andy on hosting duties today, and I am joined by the main bullets in my journal, Tim the Meme Mam Wassum. <laughs> the, the, the Meme Mam. Wait, no, the Meme Man. It's either the Mean Man or the Meme Mam. Meme Man. I'll take Meme Mam. Meme Mam. And of course, Johnny. Hey, guys. Hey, Andy. Hey. Hello, guys. Woo, we're off to a good start. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Old one take Wellfully. <laughs> one take Wellfully. <laughs> one take Wellfully, me, ma'am, Wassum, and Johnny. And Johnny. And I need no introduction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're about one twelfth of the way through uh, 2022, and it has been a minute since we've really had an episode focused on productivity, because as you all know, we are in no way productive. <laughs> so let's talk about planners. What have we been using lately? Are we going to try out anything different for 2022? Does any of it really matter? Because, you know, all of 2022 can just go straight to the garbage. We'll get to all that in a minute. But first, let's check in on tools of the trade. Tim, what are you consuming and writing with? I've been getting back into some crime novels, which I've really been having Ooh. fun with. I went back. There's one I talked about a while ago called The Searcher by Tana French, mm-hmm. who I know I've talked about before. But I had started that and was loving it. Got like halfway through it and then started teaching and got distracted. And then I just went back and finished that. And then I started... Power of the Dog by Don Winslow. And he is, I think, I mean, he's known for his novels because his his crime novels are really good. And this is part of a uh, trilogy about the war on drugs, Mm -hmm. Mexico and the Mexican border, which has gotten a lot of praise over the last several years. All, All three of them are out now. But he's also really well known as a lefty on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff. I mean, he's like all over the place and he helps produce videos. He might've been part of the Lincoln project. I don't know, but he's like very out there on, on Twitter and entertaining, but yeah, power of the dog is really good. And I, Jane and I have been watching the born movies, Ooh, which I, I haven't so watched in a long time. And they are, they're a lot of fun. We were really enjoying it. We watched all four um, of the non- Jeremy Renner one like the all the Matt Damon ones. Oh God, yeah, that one was so bad. I, I, okay. I've never seen it. So I have to admit, I feel ridiculous, but I've never seen a single Bourne movie. Do do both Matt Damon and Jeremy Renner play the same character? I don't think so. I've not seen it. So so the rumor was that so Jason Matt Damon did three movies and it was done. Like the storyline was tied up, and then they did it one with Jeremy Renner and it was so bad. The rumor was that's why Brad Damon was like, no, I got to do another one now. <laughs> One more. Yeah. I think and I got that one more one in me. Really good. Yeah. So uh, I haven't watched yet. So we've watched, we watched those four. And I, what the one thing about these Bourne movies is that so many of his problems could be prevented by a hat. And it drives <laughs> you crazy. If you just put a damn hat on, like he could go anywhere. He's like the most skilled secret agent in America at the time and yet they just keep following him around and spotting him from like a football field away because it's like hey that's him look he looks exactly the same as he did in the last movie so what you're saying (laughs) is if he combined his skills with johnny depp's like hat based acting like they he'd be unstoppable yeah he would be we'd we'd never they wouldn't be able to finish the movie because they wouldn't be able to find him 
Yeah. <laughs> they would just the whole movie would just be the CIA searching for him and it would be very boring, I guess. But yeah, dude needs a hat. And his problem <laughs> his life would be so much easier if he just put a toboggan on once in a while. I don't know. Especially because the the female character that he's with is always like dying their hair different colors, and he's yeah, like, that'll that's good. And then <laughs> he looks exactly the same as he always does. You're the one everybody's looking for, bud. Not the go get some anyway. facial reconstruction surgery <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, come on, step up. And we have also been watching Book of Boba Fett. Actually, really, Yay. Henry and I have been watching it. He, I, my, my son, caught up on Mandalorian, so we wa- started watching Book of Boba Fett and have just loved it. The last episode off recording johnny and i were talking about how much fun that episode is which i don't want to say anything because it's new i don't want to spoil it for anybody but if you're not watching book of boba fett uh book of boba fett you should do it make sure you watch mandalorian first though and i'm writing with my red trirex that i talked about in the last episode and i am using some i ordered some four by six index cards online and have been keeping them on my desk downstairs and so i'm using one of those to take my notes Nice. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Johnny, how about mm-hmm. you? Um, I have also been watching the book of Boba Fett because so good. And I'm not going to talk about all creatures, great and small, because that's on your list. But we start well, we started, restarted a film on a show. Oh my God. That's on PBS called Vienna blood. It's one of those like kind of cranky cop and smart nerdy guy that don't like each other that much team up and solve crimes. And now they're friends. <laughs> but in one of the first scenes, the police officer pulls out a little tin from his um, coat and starts chewing up coffee beans. This is my kind of show. <laughs> so it, it was really good. So we'll start season two, probably tonight. And I started reading a book called notes from underground, not to be confused with a book by Dostoevsky. That's not completely horrible. And it was, like an attempt at academic study of zines and their like cultural and political significance. That was one of the worst books I've ever tried to read in my life. <laughs> and I very rarely abandon books. And I immediately got this book like out of my home. This is so bad. <laughs> he should have just made a zine. Oh my God. So like does some cool stuff, but I don't think they have a proofreader like on their staff. So that's, you know, it's frustrating to read a book full of typos. And like that guy was sort of like in and out of, this is not an academic book, but here I'm going to drop a GRE word and I'm not Michael Shabon, so I look like an idiot. <laughs> and then um, he said that you can't define zines and then went on to say things about them, which are true. Apparently not understanding that is the definition. So yeah, if you're ever tempted to read that overpriced book, please don't read it <laughs> or buy it and pulp it and make a zine out of it. That would be awesome. Really good. So I'm also reading what's it called the old ways by robert mcfarlane who wrote underland but oh, yeah. i like just started it i thought i saw uh, on instagram brother, you and your brother got each other a <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, he opened i opened the present he got me i was like dude what you get mine so we, i didn't post a picture of us smiling i probably should have we look like we don't like books <laughs> but uh, i'm writing with a retro 51 susan which is an exclusive of uh, Penquisition with, by uh, Evan Rosenberg. And I have number 410, which is the area code here. Wow. Well, nice. and, Why is um, it called a Susan? Is that named after someone or just they ran out of names? Oh, it's you named your pen? Yeah. <laughs> the back of it has a uh, black-eyed Susan, which is a state flower. Oh. 
And yeah, I think there's some left on their website. They're only 49 bucks, which I feel like is really cheap for a Retro 51 pen. And I haven't used a Retro 51 in a while. Now I miss it. I've got, I have, I think I have two, but I've got them in their tubes and I haven't taken them out in a while. That makes me want to. This one has a really nice, like, matte tactile thing going on with the paint. I really like it. Didn't they, like, almost go out of business or something? Am I remembering this right? That they were, like, about to shut down or. And then somebody saved them, or I don't know, outcry. Yeah. Don't go out of business. Take our money. I feel. I feel like Pen Addict like single handedly saved them. At least it's what it seems like. They have so many like limited editions that they've done through them, and then you know Brett has, and I, I think Mike too just have so many retro fifty ones. Oh, have you seen the glow in the dark ones? No. Oh my what? gosh! I just went on their website. They have one with the, the entire barrel glows in the dark. Wow. Dang. <laughs> they have one. A long time ago that was made of actual postage stamps and then it had the clear epoxy on it that I always wanted to get and just never oh, did. that's really cool. I'd love to track down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've never had one of their pens. I have one of their mechanical pencils, but it's such a nice pen. I'm kind of kicking myself for not buying one for the last 20 years. <laughs> so I, Evan sent me this after I sent him a book. So this was a gift. So thank you very much, Evan. I am like seriously loving and pimping this pen all over. Well, I don't want one unless I can have uh, the special edition numbered 420. Yeah, nice. Is that <laughs> the area code in Indiana? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, I've never looked so innocent in my life. What am I consuming? Yeah, so Johnny mentioned this, but I'll, I'll mention it too. So since the last time we recorded, I have almost caught up with All Creatures Great and Small. They're in there. The, this new the remake is in its second season. And there's really not that many episodes. They're doing like pretty typical BBC seasons where there's seven or eight episodes per season. But I am almost caught up. And I think we talked about it a little bit last time, Johnny, but like we were just saying beforehand, it fills the same sort of like void that like the Durls and Corfu fill, right? Like mm. it's very beautiful sort of like landscapes and they're just like really just like pleasing characters and they like the plots aren't super complicated. The conflict and the drama is not super complicated. There's some just hijinks that happen. It's just a a good show. It's basically about a, a rural Yorkshire. It's the, the (laughs) Rurger. I had to throw that in there. (laughs) Sorry. Deep cut. The rural juror. The rural juror. (laughs) The rural juror. A rural Yorkshire veterinary practice. And a guy, James Harriet, who has written a bunch of books like memoir. I think maybe some fiction too, kind of about this, is from Glasgow. And he goes to join this practice. And, you know, sometimes they have family pets come into the practice. Sometimes they go to the farm and take care of horses. Like it's all all over the place, but just a really good show. Yeah. It's just very yeah, relaxing. The, there are some scenes where I'm like, is this some kind of magic CGI or is his hand really in that horse? <laughs> well, cause <laughs> I didn't realize this short, like, shortly after they started filming the UK changed law on how you can like film with animals. So all of the like scenes where there's like the backside of a horse, that's all a model, like a, it's all fake. Just two guys, good. two guys yeah. in a costume. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, shove his hand all the way up there and, Life, I was, he's the greatest actor ever that he's not puking all over <laughs> yeah. himself yeah it's pretty amazing yeah it's a good show 
Oh man! Well, outtake. The outtakes of that episode were crazy. Yeah, was like... <laughs> Can you believe? Everybody <laughs> started puking. Ah, and everybody else started puking. The horse started puking. It was terrible. So what do they call that? Chain oh, puke reaction. Yeah, that. Yeah, I forget. Never mind. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> puke. Uh, uh, barf NATO. So, been watching that. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Moving, Moving on. on. There, there's another show on HBO Max that just started called Somebody Somewhere. And have either of you seen that? No, I haven't. It takes place in a like small, not rural, a small town in Kansas. And it is just the most, they just really capture just like small Midwestern town kind of like desolation really well. There's like drive through coffee shops and they just work in these buildings that are just like new and devoid of personality and these little houses. And there's people who just look like somebody you would find in a town and can't like a eighth largest town in Canada in Kansas. It's just a very I feel very accurate sort of portrayal of Midwestern small town life in a, just a really just cool way, right? Like they have hmm. it's this woman, she's like kind of grieving the death of her sister, but she also finds like a community of just like people who don't fit in to this town. Yeah, just just really good so far. It's very quiet and it's uh I can't remember her real name, but Hannah Ross, I think she's a comedian. She she created it and stars in it. It's really great. And last thing I'll mention, there's this book that I was, I think the internet recommended it to me. It's it's called A Lush and Seething Hell, which is a great hmm. title. It is two novella length stories compiled into a book that's kind of like gothic horror, but it's not it's not like horror. It, it involves like some scary scenes and involves like some like dealing with the devil and stuff but it's just a very is that the like marketing tagline of the state of florida i, th- I believe so <laughs> and lush and seething hell <laughs> come on down to orlando <laughs> hang out in a lush and seething hell <laughs> we don't have covid we are there. covid like, sorry no. sorry to any of our listeners who yeah live in florida. my parents live there so i'll tell them that i insulted their <laughs> home state <laughs> my sister lives there and i yeah there's one story that's about it takes place in spain and it's about this this like famous poet from from south america in mid-century and like, escaped a like fictional authoritarianism like rule there's this other story which was amazing and i think my favorite which was like this guy who works for the library of congress and he is he works in like the folk music section and he is dispatched to go collect the recordings from this like library of congress collector from the 30s who like and so it it's a story sort of like in present day and like through journal entries and it's just really good has a lot of like interesting folk music i think tim you would really like it sounds good yeah i I wrote down i just wrote down the title of this book because it also has one of my favorite words which uh, is seating novella (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) no no yeah novellas i love novellas the second one i feel like almost could be just like a short novel but it's yeah they're both they're both very good. All right, so that is that wraps up tools oh, of the trade. Oh, I you reminded me of something that I forgot to mention. Have you? Yeah. When you were talking about that show on Amazon, uh, have either of you watched As We See It? Uh huh. Okay. No. Well, we'll talk about it another time, I guess. <laughs> but because uh, I've only seen one episode, and I was just curious because I I'd probably have more to say on it later on. But it is the sh- it's the new show from the guy Jason Cadams, Kat- I think is his name, who created Parenthood. And it's hmm. on yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's the story of three adults living with spectrum uh, autism spectrum disorder who hmm. live together 
and they have a sort of caretaker who lives with them. They're all coming from three very different situations, two guys and a girl who live in there. Both, they're all in their mid twenties. It's called as we see it. And Jane and I watched episode one the other day and it was, um, it was amazing. It was very good. It was very, it was like really heavy in parts of it. I mean, it's very real, but also heartwarming in some ways and sort of like challenges you and, you know, you're seeing some things that you don't expect to see. I, I We really loved it. But I only saw the one episode, so I don't want to say too much about it, but gosh, it was good. Good pilot. Yeah. Check that out. All right. Fresh points. Tim, the meme mama. Do you want to, do you want to start off with, start us off on fresh points? Oh, yes. Meme ma'am. The meme ma'am. I got to put that as my like Twitter handle. It's like now. one of those weird, those weird. Like, <laughs> just like Rurger. Yeah. You know how like some grandparents like don't want to be, they want to be called like Mima or whatever. Hey. Just call me ma'am. Yeah. Meme ma'am. <laughs> just mumble a bunch of M's at me. Yeah. And it'll. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't have a whole lot to talk about this week, but I also wanted to put out a I guess a challenge or an invitation that I just was having a lot of fun turning our Instagram account into a pencil meme factory <laughs> and, and creating some humor out of like, I, I just, that's one of the, the best things about the, the meme world is just that you can make these really specialized pieces of humor that only the people who need to understand it will understand it. <laughs> and so <laughs> if anybody out there wants to create some pencil related memes and want to send them to uh, us either through our Twitter account or my Twitter account or to any of us email whatever send them to us and we will give you credit and we might put it on the put it on the Instagram just to spread some laughs but I, I, like- I was having so much fun and Andy I feel like I got this ball rolling but you're better at it than <laughs> I am <laughs> I am not better at it than you are but I definitely uh, have been enjoying it figuring out of- too and I yeah I never realized like why wouldn't we do something like this it's fun we've yeah, yeah. I feel like we've gotten some really good engagement yeah, it is just, it's fun and it's easy and it's just, I'm not easy, but I just mean like easy to take in, right? Yeah. Like just to put something, something out there. My, I think my personal favorite so far was your Anakin and Padme. <laughs> I mean, uh, I love using Wopex because they're not made out of wood, but they're ecologically friendly, right? But they're ecologically friendly, right? <laughs> that was good. So it's one of those things, it's like, it's only going to be funny to people who listen to the show and that's fun. I was no, partic- the Wopex one is not funny. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was particularly proud of the the general Musgrave and Dixon one. That, that one, one was great. Yeah, was great. That one made me so happy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. So, anybody who wants to to join in the fun, let us know, and and we will. Yeah, I mean, I we'll I especially love that we got Nicole Dilger to weigh in on that one. Yeah, she like was like, the, I have the no sort idea of like brand ambassador of Musgrave right now. <laughs> and I even made the specific choice to put Musgrave in the middle so that they could be the one glaring to the side. <laughs> like, eh? the face. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, who's this? What are you doing over there, man? Come on, get together. But that's all I got. That's all I got. Just trying to make some pencil laughs, uh, create some, <laughs> some pencil humor. Just doing it for the memes. Yeah, I'm just in it for the memes, boys. Yeah. Johnny, that's, do you have any? That's all I got. Johnny, do you have any yeah. fresh points? So. Well, speaking of Ticonderoga, they might go out of business as the SHE will no longer be taken in pencil. Did you see that that Onion article? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's how I thought of it. What um, was the headline I, I again? Wrote, we should, oh, I should look that up. Onion. Yeah. Keep, keep talking, Johnny. We'll find it. The, the first few pages of the pen post that come out tomorrow are like a big, long <laughs> rant about SATs. Yeah. The conclusion of who cares about the SAT? It's Why over. is this news? Here's the Onion article. 
It's over. It's all over, screamed Ticonderoga CEO, dousing office and gasling after announcement SAT going digital. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the head of their everything is not in the United States anymore. Yeah. They do maintain some sort of corporate office in Florida. Which, yeah. like, so I'm sure they're currently experiencing the lush and seeding hell that is, you know, the SATs. <laughs> yeah. And it's not for another few years. And also, who the hell? There are 1,800 schools that don't want SAT scores. That's a lot. My kids take standardized tests on computers already. So yeah. I was very surprised to hear that the SAT still was in pencil. Hmm. Yeah. The, I'm Christ, I took the GRE 20 years ago and I used a computer the whole time hmm. we had scratch paper yeah, i give the sat or i give the act every year and we do it on paper so hmm. we uh, they haven't made an announcement about act yet but yeah it's the competition <laughs> yeah Tim, when i and, when um, i said that the ticonderoga corporate office was in florida did you say of course it is <laughs> maybe <laughs> it just, where did they have their factory was it missouri like the last factory before they packed I up i thought it was in new jersey that was the original one. Oh, okay. Oh, the last factory. But, and and they had they were on that show like made in the USA while they knew damn well that they were moving. They were already like packing. <laughs> like you guys suck. But in other frustrating the meme news, stands, boys. Yeah. The meme <laughs> yeah. stands. So I mentioned last time that I wasn't going to use Etsy for subscriptions, and after many hours of me cussing at my computer, I decided to use Etsy and man. Subscriptions are hard to manage if you have ADHD and also are very lazy. <laughs> but I think I've set things up so that it won't be torture anymore after this month. So that's, that's good. good. And thank you to everybody who subscribed because I got to make lots of notebooks, which actually made everything better because that's fun. Yeah. So, yeah. And one last shameless plug, Pencil Revolution number 25 is out. Yay! Yay. And now it's quarter sheet, which has been fun, but like it got really long. What's the dimensions of quarter sheet? Five and a half by four. Four-ish. Okay. I trim them off, so it's a little over four. Yeah, that's a good size. It's intimate. Yeah. But also, you can still fit a lot in there, and it's pretty thick, mm. which makes it feel like, mm, this feels like a little book. Nice. So, yeah. That's enough plugging my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What's going on here? You're asking. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Hey, what are we hey Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you, I saw that you have done some woodworking on your fence. Yes. Which is pencil. That's pencil adjacent. Yeah, it's sort of. I'm sure you use the pencil to mark it. I've never considered like what to do when the fence is, I guess, owned by, or maintained by the neighbor. Like it's one of those situations where if you want to fix a loose slat or something, it's it's on the other side of the fence. And he uh, is rarely at home, let alone goes in the backyard. So I have a, just a loose slat and I wanted to prevent my cat from es- escaping when he goes in the backyard. So... I just took a little like brace and just just screwed it in. It's it's my it's the extent of my like handyman skills, but <laughs> that's about it. I so I made a decision on some bookshelves and I bought three very large bookshelves from Inside Weather, which are I think that they're going to be big enough to hold books and zines and all of the various bins full of pencils that I have. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Awesome. Do you have pictures? I will. I'll, well, they're not in yet. I'm not going to get them till later. Oh, okay. But I'll uh, post some links in the um, show notes to the shelves that I'm looking at. Cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. Last thing I was going to ask you two for some recommendations. So I'm going to be going back after, since quarantine started, to having some in-person workshops later this spring, if if all goes according to plan. And 
for our workshops, Michael and I used to buy pencils from CW Pencils that would say writing is designing on them. Can't do that anymore. Any recommendations for where I can get some stamp pencils? Hmm. Yeah. Jacob Cecil got a stamper. Remember when we were at the pen show, he brought us each some pencils. looking at one of those the other day. Oh, yeah. Thirty-five pencils. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And um, the, selling the, them? No. The, uh, what did they say? Know. They then said the Be More 2020. Was that mm-hmm. what it said? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those were cool. And they had our names on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They looked really good. Yeah. They were in a nice, like, natural finished Musgrave pencil. Yeah. I'll reach out to them. I, I know um, Musgrave, their website, they have a little customize your own pencil engine, too. So they have a few various fonts and a bunch of different colors. But yeah, I'll uh, drop him a line and see see if he's selling them at all. Because I, yeah, I find, I find myself in need of a personalized stamp pencil. And CW Pencils used to be able to get me like 100 of them within a week which is real nice, but not right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Cool. So Jacob, I know pencils.com and yeah, Musgrave also has them. Don't know about the quality or price or like what kind of turnaround time. Yeah. Turnaround time, but check those out. I mean, there's always, I guess Etsy. It's true. Yeah. I think a lot of people just probably have the same stampers and the same blank Musgrave pencils. Who's going to do a really good straight job? Yeah. The ones from CW were always really nicely done. The ones that Jacob gave us were like super straight. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot that he did those. Those are really good. Cool. That is it for, for my fresh points. You can probably get in the main topic. I, we were talking about what to talk about this week and I realized that my planning systems just kind of throughout the year have not really changed significantly in the last few years and kind of to like, my detriment because I would not say I'm the most organized person in the world. So a little bit, I want to hear about what you currently do to stay organized, stay, stay zen, just kind of like keep track of things and then kind of get into a discussion about, is it that working for you? Are you thinking about trying something different? You know, what else is out there? That kind of thing. Does that sound good guys? Yeah. Okay. Tim, how do you plan? How do you stay organized? <laughs> Johnny, you want to go? No, I'm trying. And I've, I talked about it a little bit on the last episode. And so I could just kind of reiterate what I was talking about, which is bullet journaling. Yeah. And I have kind of come up with my own system that seems to be working as far as keeping me organized on a day-to-day basis, uh, which is doing it in a pocket notebook. Yeah. Johnny, so I keep a pocket notebook. That, yeah. Speaking of bullet journaling, do you want to sing this part that you put in here, Johnny? Oh. Or did, did you put that in there, yeah. too? Oh, very good. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, that was my I, one of the nerdier jokes that I've made in my house. It's very recently. good. My, my daughter, Lila, was is obsessed with the the soundtrack for Encanto and yeah. she was listening to that song. We don't talk oh. about Bruno. And I just was walking down the hallway and said, we don't talk about boo Joe. <laughs> what did you say? And I said, don't worry about it. Sorry. That's perfect. <laughs> don't worry about it. So yeah, so I'm doing this pocket <laughs> bullet journal. It's totally not precious. So I'm not worried about it being this little artifact at the end that has all the cute little things that I see on, you know, Instagram of people's beautiful little bullet journals and all that stuff. Cause I never can keep up with that. I'm too ADD for that. But that's, so I do that and that keeps me organized on a day-to-day basis. And then the other thing that I'm making a, like a really special effort to do this year is I'm going back to morning pages and trying to make, trying to be really strict about doing it every single day. Hmm. So I've been trying to wake up early every day because I've just noticed that well, I struggle to stay organized sometimes. One of the reasons that days tend to get 
or I don't know, that I tend to get anxious in a day is that if I don't have that sort of creative release at any point throughout the day and bullet or sorry, morning pages has just proven to be one of those amazing releases for my brain just to kind of clear the cobwebs in the morning when I wake up. So I'm trying to do that. I can't, I'm having trouble figuring out how to do it to the extent that Julia Cameron talks about. She talks about writing three pages of kind of unfiltered self or sorry, uh, unfiltered stream of consciousness writing. It's been hard to find that kind of time, but I usually will get a couple pages in 15 to 20 minutes of writing. I've only read one instance of what she, where she said what she means by page. Yeah, I've always wondered about so, this. What'd she say? Forever, I'm like, what the hell? Oh, eight and a half by 11. But she doesn't well, say damn. lined, unlined, how big are the lines? Jeez. Don't be so damn pedantic. Just yeah. be like, <laughs> write a bunch every day and don't yeah, stop. Just, it should just be a timed thing. Like, just write constantly for a, a certain amount of time, which is usually what I end up doing, like 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'm using, I, I opened a new term notebook, a lined one, which I'm getting used to. It's the lining on that notebook is smaller than... I'm accustomed to. I just haven't used line notebooks a lot either, um, but it's going well. So if I can write two pages in there, it's I'm a lot. Doing good. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling good. It's like a turquoise Ooh. blue. I actually found it on clearance at our local Barnes and Noble a while back and stumbled across Even it. Even better. Yeah, I love it. It's real bright turquoise. So yeah, that's really all to, to start this out. I, I'm trying to rededicate myself to doing morning pages to kind of make my brain a little more like creatively alive as I go through the day so that I'm not, because I, I have this that happens to me personally where I go through a day and I, my, my brain, the back of my brain is just kind of always feeling frustrated about not having time to get stuff onto paper and just yeah. be creative and write whatever's on my mind. And that really helps. And it also helps me like throughout the day, I'll notice that when I have gaps of time around lunchtime or whatever, and I can get out a notebook, I'm much more likely to do something creative rather than just try to like, like ramble in a journal for 20 minutes in the middle <laughs> of the day. So if I can get all that clutter out of my head in the morning, then it makes the rest of the day a little more productive, a little more creative. And then I'll be yeah carrying around my, my pocket bujo to keep track of things. The, uh, <laughs> unspoken thing here is that of course i also use google calendar so blah blah, blah, blah <laughs> whatever i'll be gotta do what you gotta yeah, yeah i got that going because i can combine my work calendar and my home calendar and whatever nobody wants to hear that you guys know what google calendar is <laughs> so <laughs> that's me so so i had been before this year doing a sort of bullet journal morning pages hybrid where i wrote like 98 percent of anything i'm gonna write all day you know before the sun comes up but you know, that's not always productive. And I wanted to switch out and separate my bullet journal and regular journal this year. And it hasn't been going well because I keep losing my bullet journal. And if I don't lose it, I'm still not looking at it. So I don't know what purpose it's serving aside from having lists of things I haven't done. <laughs> but uh, having a regular journal has been good because like Tim said, I don't know, jumpstart in the day already trying to be creative and like, oh i'm gonna write that down and not be too lazy to write it down because i'll forget it uh, <clears throat> just sort of like breaking the seal of putting some anchor graphite on paper before the sun comes up but i'm i'm flirting with the idea of abandoning my bullet journal and switching back to a like planner oh. i have one of those um write notepads ones that's i guess it's a landscape seven by ten something like that you know it's blue it's really pretty mm-hmm. which is why i haven't written in it yet but that looks that seems like a good thing to do because doing like book binding and etsy and stuff like there's actually a lot of like 
nitpicky tiny things I have to do and they have to be done in a certain order and I'm really not doing a good job of staying like on top of things and then I get stressed out because I'm like oh god there's other stuff I need to do but I'm not doing it and then you know if you don't bullet journal in the morning it sounds like you have 50 things to do when really you have seven yeah and you just need to do those things so I'm not having a good planning experience this year but tomorrow is February 1st so we'll try something new new month new you yeah and I, I also use Google Calendar. If it's something that involves other people, so I don't forget to show up, I use Google Calendar. Yeah. Even for like coffee dates. Hey, we're going to meet at this place this time. Now I will get several reminders so that I show up. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I'm in kind of the same page. I actually, since since quarantine started, like, I, like working from home, I have barely used pocket notebooks. Like I'm never <laughs> out in the world really, like relatively speaking. I always have one in my my bag with me in case I need it. But I think almost all of my life is here within my like A5 notebook. So the thing that I talked a little bit about this before, but I've really landed on is I have just a weekly spread where I have kind of weekly to do's and I can add things and then kind of check them off. And I, I think that the thing that's worked best for me is I use this in conjunction with a to-do list on, on my computer. There's a Mac one called Things. And I, I tend to just sort of like capture into my notebook. I'll just write things down as I think of them or as I bring them over from last week or as things come up. And I'll kind of in the, the end of the day, take them all and put them into, into things. Uh, that way I can set like reminders and I can set deadlines and I can kind of arrange them when it, as needed, which I think is the advantage of something like that over paper. And then I tend to just like, Every day, just try to pick out the two or three or four or whatever things that I think I can accomplish that day or that I want to try to. And then I'll kind of break them back out and then put them back into the journal, which like may not be the like best system, but it's kind of the works the best for my brain and like breaking things down into chunks, right? Like it's, it's, tr I'm trying to follow a similar philosophy to getting things done or, you know, one of those kind of methods where I'm just using one thing to capture everything to dump into, you know, I can just take a big dump into my notebook and then I try to pull them back out a little bite-sized so I can just, you know, bite into the the dump. So, so yeah, that that's kind of, I think mostly what I use. And I also use the same notebook for taking notes and trying to capture some thoughts as I have them. I've been trying to use it to capture a little like mementos and things that's happening. I use it for capturing timestamps and notes and fresh points for, you know, for this, this podcast. Um, try to kind of record that stuff in here. So yeah, right. So right now I'm just using this, like this one single notebook for almost everything for better, or for worse. But I def, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I don't use Google calendar at work. We it's Adobe's kind of like a full on committed to like outlook, which doesn't play super well with Google Cal, at least not ours, which is unfortunate, but I definitely, I would love to go back to being able to use a planner, but I just have my, I have so many meetings and my schedule is not sort of like under my complete control. So I feel like there would just be, I'd be constantly just sort of trying to reconcile, you know, paper with my online calendar and vice versa. I just I have to done. admit that I literally don't understand how people use paper calendars. I've gotten to the point where I'm comfortable enough with myself to admit that. Yeah. <laughs> like when people talk about using paper calendars, I'm like, I have no idea how you do this. I'm a, I'm a podcast, a stationary podcaster and I have no clue how that could possibly work for anyone because I, I, it would just, I would spend half my day trying to make sure that it was keeping up with all the crap coming through my email and yeah, 
all that. Yeah, I've tried to do it so many times. I've tried all kinds of different formats of journals. Some of them I liked temporarily, but I had just so much trouble like keeping everything reconciled. It just drove me crazy. And I'm, I'm fascinated by people who can actually pull this stuff off. So. Yeah. So I'm the opposite. I can't do online calendars exclusively. I hate it so much. Yeah. No good reason because, you know, having an Android phone in your pocket all the time, it's so easy to put something in there. Yeah. I mean, uh, part of it, I think, could be just like has to do with like jobs or like how many other people are have the ability or have to put time on your calendar. That's a big thing. Yeah, I got a lot of flack for that when I used to have a career because I I didn't use my Outlook calendar. I'm like, oh, well, you didn't block this out. Like, that's none of your damn business. (laughs) My meeting. Yeah. But that doesn't fly, man. Yeah. Yeah. When I, in my, when I worked at a nonprofit, I had relatively little meetings and I just lived and died by my calendar because I just didn't have to worry about people just like trying to book time with me or me trying to book time with others. We did most of our like meetings scheduling through, through email and yeah, I could just kind of easily write it down. So yeah, I, I get it. I just realized that where the situation I'm in right now, I just, there's no way I could not do that. Yeah. I don't know. So, so how, is there anything that you, especially kind of like for 2022 or just seeing what others are using? Is there anything that you, like either of you wish you could be doing differently, but can't for some reason or another? I have one that I, I wouldn't say that I can't. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it is that I have been for multiple years. I've been pretty intrigued and this actually, this has nothing to do with organizing, but it's a related that I've been intrigued for years about the five-year journal. Is that what it's called? Or what is it called? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's that that idea, the like a couple sentences a day for for the entire year. That's something that I'm really intrigued by and would love to do that so that I can look back on it and, and see a year at a glance like that. I think that's a really, it's like time hop, but for your, you know, the paper. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, It's not affecting your Amazon recommendations. Exactly. (laughs) I did one of those for five years and it was kind of cool, but then also I never looked at it again (laughs) because, you know, for four years, you're looking at that one entry and then for three years, the next entry, you're like, man, I'm tired of this. February (laughs) is always so boring. (laughs) Like you lead an unexciting life, man. In in that same respect, I those little standard memorandum notebooks that Word Notebooks makes, I feel like it's a similar thing. It's just one year at a time. It's just like tiny little notebook that gives you like three tiny lines to just write something quick. And at mm-hmm. one point, I was going to try to use that as like a five-year journal, but <laughs> a one-year journal just to just kind of record little things. And I just realized how wildly inconsistent I am. There's just no way that I can stick with that. And it seems like something like that, especially particularly with the five-year journal, if you're not going to stick with it, it's just like defeats the purpose. Oh, yeah. And is it paper blanks or term? One of them does a 10-year. I think it's paper oh, geez. blanks. See, <laughs> having, I feel like by year eight, that thing is going to be in tatters. I'm going to look this up. I wonder if they still make it. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually remember I even purchased a, a really beautiful Habonichi five-year journal, and it was just, just gorgeous. And I, yeah, even with something like that, I just couldn't, yeah. Yeah. I made one this year to do a little five-year journal, but I didn't start it. So, oops. <laughs> and then I found it later and I was like, what did I make this for? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No dice. Yeah. Paper blanks <laughs> doesn't make them anymore. Believe it or not, they weren't big sellers. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see how that that'd be like so much fun if I could stick with it and just, you know, eight, nine years down the line, just be like, oh, yeah, what was I doing? How, what was I thinking about it all that time ago? And after the pandemic started and I because every day I was trying to make a little spread where I was just like capturing how I was feeling about it and capturing just like the number of like covid deaths and cases in the world and in the u.s and i just wanted to play i don't want to remember how i was feeling yeah <laughs> during the beginning of this I, I i and everybody else were just collectively freaked out and of course now nobody's freaked out which is the problem yep yep <laughs> any other like systems or things that people use that just like really intrigue you that just you haven't been able to pick up or get started on yeah i mean a lot of the artistic stuff that people do i admire very much but i don't seem to have the talent or uh, dedication. What kind of artistic and stuff? Oh, some people do quote unquote spreads in their bullet oh, journals. Yeah. That are like seasonal and lots yeah, of so, uh, that stuff makes me mad. Wild liner and stuff. Like yeah, very pretty. Definitely don't have a demanding job or kids. <laughs> that was mean. They probably do. They're just better at it than me. I just, but that's whenever I see that, I'm like, how in the world do you do? That? Like, how do you manage to make that happen? It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, the big one that I just can't pick up is, I think I've talked about it here before, but the plotter system, which is the Traveler's Notebook company people um, started like a new sub-brand called Plotter. And it's been around in Japan for a long time, but it just recently came to the US. And I love the system. I think the little like inserts are really cool and like they're very prescriptive. And for the right person, that would be great. But I just realized... I don't think that person is me. <laughs> I it, it, it's too prescriptive. It's too precious. I guess I I think the yeah. I think just everything about it is just really beautiful, and it's just I can't. It to me, it just feels like the pressure is too great to have a very tidy like system and set of goals and notes and day and just everything is every, everything in my life is way too messy for that. Uh, <laughs> And so I just can't get over what's probably just a mental hurdle in in using the plotter stuff. But I have a whole little like little plotter journal system here that the folks who run it gave me during the San Francisco Pen Show last or the, this past year. And I even talked to April, who is the the marketing outreach person in charge of it. And yeah, I've been I'm just trying to get around my own hangups with it, I guess. So. Yeah, but th- it's really cool though, and I, I feel like people who like respond well to that sort of thing just could go really all out. Because also that would be good for people who just make, like you said, Johnny spreads. Like that paper is really great for trying out like your inks, and you can do all sorts of fun layouts and just write real small and do do little illustrations like doodles in the the, the margins. You can make a real real good spread on that. Yeah, so that's that's about all I had on my just kind of list of stuff to talk about. Any anybody else want to talk about planning in twenty twenty two? Oh, man. I mean, I think if a lot of our trouble, or at least my trouble, is, you know, the unpredictability of every day right now. Yeah. I was going to say, if um, 2020 and 2021 taught us anything. Yeah. Don't plan too much. Don't plan too much. (laughs) And the bullet journal sort of like online community thing that you have to pay to play with, they have launched like bullet journal U. Like you can take classes that you have to pay for how to use your bullet journal. Hmm. So, I mean, I feel like this would be the bullet journal's heyday when, whoo, what's going on? Don't have to yeah. throw this away. I can use it for something else. <laughs> yeah, Ryder Carroll's really getting his money's worth out of it. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. 
All right. Well, anything else to add or should we wrap it up and call this a short one? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Johnny, where can people find you on the internets? You can find me at pencilrevolution.com, um, on social media at pencilution and on Etsy at pencilrevolution.etsy.com. Nice. Tim, how about you? You can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum, on Twitter at Tim Wassum, and dank memes at Erasable Podcast <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Tim, how do people find your find your OnlyFans? <laughs> Not telling. <laughs> okay. You'll just have to figure out for that for yourself. Yeah. You got to Venmo me some money even to get the invite. So. Exactly. We don't talk about Tim's OnlyFans. <laughs> the first rule of Tim's OnlyFans. Never mind. <laughs> first rule is there isn't one. <laughs> exactly. No OnlyFans. <laughs> and I am Andy. I am uh, at uh, woodclinch.com at andy.wtf and on Twitter and Facebook as at a Wellfully. So uh, yeah, this is the Erasable Podcast. You can find find more at erasable.us. This episode is episode 176, and we'll have a transcript eventually and a rec- this recording and show notes at erasable.us slash 176. We're on, um, we have a Facebook group that is one of the best places, one of the best online communities out there. It is facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. It's about 4,000-ish people strong. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Erasable Podcast. And we are on Patreon. If you want to support this podcast and uh, get some extra content while you're at it, including a, a regular zine that we put out, a some irregular recordings about pens with the Indelible Podcast and, and other things. And you can a find little surprise. Sorry, a little, little treat coming soon. Yeah, a little treat coming soon for our Patreon subscribers, uh, or Patreon, Patreon patrons at what level, Johnny? Is it <laughs> five and ten? Five and ten. Uh, five dollars a month or ten dollars a month. That's uh, patreon.com slash erasable. And speaking of our patrons at ten dollars a month, we have several people we'd like to thank that we try to at the end of each episode. And those are our producer level patrons. I'd like to thank Matthew, Matthew Chevon, Andrew Austin, Tara Whittle, Ida Umfers, David Johnson, Phil Munson, Nathan Raybeck, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Miriam Burkout, Dinah Oakley, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Kyle, Kelton Weens, Scott Hayes, Dr. Hans Noodleman, Jay Newton, Chris Jones, John Wood, Paul Moorhead, Ali Sarah, Jamelia, Stephen Fonsali, Aaron Willard, KP, Millie Blackwell, Chris L, Hunter McCain, Michael Dialosa, Jacqueline Myers, Tana Feliz, Ann Sipe, Joe Crace, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzkis, Bill Klo, Random Thinks, Jason Deal, Dave McDonald, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Andre Prevost, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Lutzinger, and finally, Fourth Letter. Thank you to all these fantastic folks for supporting this podcast. And uh, we will catch you all in a couple weeks. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, they will turn it off.